Whether or not to remove four-year-old restrictions against food trucks is a decision weighing heavily on the Owensboro City Commission. Today, we'll discuss why that is and the debate this food truck controversy has stirred. Stay with us. This is Inquire. From the Messenger Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins, and joining me is Messenger Inquirer City Government Reporter Austin Ramsey. Food trucks, I think everyone knows what they are, essentially a restaurant on wheels. They seem harmless enough, but the City Commission, and even more so the downtown brick-and-mortar eateries, fear them. That was Joe Husk. She owns a Taste of Europe food truck and has been in business a year now. Once a week, she parks on Fulton Drive, a side street off Frederica next to U.S. Bank. And on the other days, she says she doesn't do much business elsewhere in the city. She waits for local festivals and sets up at Friday after 5. So, Austin, you just heard a food truck owner express her disapproval of the current ordinance. What is all this about? Why are, why are the food trucks feared, and what restrictions do they already face? This all got started a couple of days ago when the city sent out a press release ahead of actually releasing the agenda for their regularly scheduled meeting this week. Now, that's not something that the city of Owensboro typically does, so obviously I took notice of it, I read through it, and what it said was that the city was going to consider repealing a four-year-old part of the food truck ordinance that was passed in 2014 that limited food trucks from parking anywhere within 100 feet of a brick-and-mortar restaurant without explicit permission from that restaurant owner. Now, the ordinance that it turned out the city commission was eventually going to consider also included a repeal to a portion of the ordinance that restricted business to anywhere within city parks. And I asked some city officials why that was also considered, and they basically told me that if they were going to be limiting competition to one sector of the economy, they needed to limit competition to all of it. And that's where the crux of this debate comes in. It turns out that it may not be all that legal to have these kinds of restrictions on food trucks. And the city is taking preemptive steps to make sure that they don't face any legal battles in the future. Well, of course, downtown eateries have been vocal about the possibility of the city commission rescinding the mobile food vending ordinance. And here's a quote from Mike Baker, co-owner of Feta Specialty Pizza and Spirits downtown. He says, We really were against food trucks hurting our businesses back then, and we were originally told that there would be no food trucks downtown. We didn't raise any other concerns, and now they're asking for more. Now, I happen to think Feta is a phenomenal pizza eatery. I'm particularly fond of their white sauce chicken and spinach pizza. But I want to play uh, devil's advocate here and use my situation as an example. 
You know, I have a family of five, myself, wife, three teenagers, so I have to be deliberate about where I dine out with my family. Uh, and there aren't any restaurants downtown that I can take my family and eat for less than $60. And that might be, you know, if we drink, if we all drink water. Uh, my twin daughters just turned 13, and we can no longer do the kids eat free. Uh, my point is that if I could go eat cheaper uh, with a food truck, I might be apt to go downtown more. And I realize cheaper doesn't always equate to, to better, but that's where the free market argument comes into play. So, Austin, what is Mayor Tom Watson's position? Well, let me describe the mayor's position and also the position of the restaurant owners yourself. I'm really glad that you included that quote that I got from one of the downtown restauranteurs. The citizens of Owensboro who are doing business downtown as part of our entertainment district, which encompasses most of downtown, it encompasses the Smothers Park area, and it encompasses areas on the side near the Blue Bridge and over where our downtown hotels are. They are making the argument that when the city invested all of those public dollars downtown, and you've done shows about that investment that the city made, and of course we all know it used a lot of insurance premium taxes that didn't come all that popularly among the citizens of Owensboro. That public investment came with a promise from downtown businesses and eateries that basically said, if you invest in our dream, if you invest in the work that we're doing to enhance the quality of life in our downtown sector of the economy, we will do what we can to make good on the returns on those investments. In other words, the city needs downtown businesses to do well because the city relies on their property tax dollars, their net profits tax dollars, and the tax dollars from the employees that they hire. At the same time, those downtown eateries at least had an understanding that the city would do what it could to prevent competition among those downtown eateries. Obviously, we're going to have more than one restaurant along 2nd Street, and we're going to have more than one restaurant on Veterans Boulevard. But when you enter into the equation an entirely different type of restaurant, a restaurant that can be mobile, it's on wheels, and it also doesn't cost nearly as much as a brick-and-mortar building, then how do you really compete, especially when that food truck, for example, could park directly in front of their business? Now, the mayor's argument is really important here. He once told me that if it was up to him, he would ban food trucks in Owensboro altogether. Now, he said that with the caveat that he understands that that would be absolutely impossible because it would restrict their access to entrepreneurism. But Watson, I think he understands that that promise was made between this city and the downtown business owners, regardless of whether or not he was on the commission at the time. He understands their worries, their concerns, and for whatever you think of Watson, I think it's important to know that he is very in tune with the business community. He's a business owner himself, and I think he really hears their concerns loud and clear. Yeah, let me read you this quote that Mayor Tom Watson said recently. He said, we as the city, we as the taxpayers made an investment downtown too. We made a huge investment, and that cannot be forgotten in these discussions. 
You know, although I get what Watson is saying here, the brick and mortar eateries have invested a significant amount of capital. You know, like you said, they pay property taxes and they, ha- and they employ several people. Uh, unlike the food trucks, they only have one or two people operating them. And usually it's the owner or the owners themselves. But Austin, where does this stand legally? Well, that's the problem, Don. See, in recent months, several civil rights organizations, one in particular being the Institute for Justice, which is a civil liberties group representing businesses across the nation, these groups have taken on the cause of food truck owners. They've done so in cities like Chicago, Baltimore, Louisville, Kentucky, El Paso, Texas, San Diego, California, and a number of others. They've basically said that this boils down to an argument over the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. And for those who aren't all that familiar with constitutional law, the 14th Amendment is the amendment that gives us the right to due process under the law. U.S. Supreme Court justices, as well as constitutional attorneys and professors throughout the country, understand that due process also gives us an extremely important thing when it comes to the business sector, and that is equal protection under the law. Basically, we all know that city government, state government, the U.S. federal government can be in the business of regulating businesses. They can say that a business needs to meet certain health standards because it's in the general interest of the public health. But whatever regulations government passes on businesses, on people, whoever it is, those regulations have to affect all of those businesses or all of those people equally. That's what equal protection under the law means. So in this case, what it seems like the city of Owensboro may be doing, obviously they're trying to protect that downtown investment that business owners made, but that actually amounts to what's called economic protectionism. It seems like the city of Owensboro is in the business not of regulating business for the betterment of the people in Owensboro, downtown or elsewhere, But in fact, they're choosing winners and losers in capitalism. And I have a copy of a letter written by Robert Frommer, a senior attorney from that firm. And here's a line that struck me. The Institute applauds this effort, which would secure public health and safety while maximizing entrepreneurial opportunity and consumer choice, Frommer wrote. IJ will continue to monitor developments as Ordinance 7-2018 makes its way through the legislative process. To me, that sounds like a veiled threat. Is that how the city is taking it, Austin? Well, I think so, Don. I talked to City Attorney Steve Lynn just a couple of days ago, and here's an interesting quote that he gave me. Basically, they, they've stated that we're being denied equal protection of the laws, due process, and that uh, you basically you're protecting these folks' businesses by making us stay away uh, from them. From your own legal background, do you agree with that argument? There's, there's a number of cases that, ha- that have been going on across the nation, and you know, it appears to me like uh, you know, that, that 
a jury could make a determination or a judge that, you know, that they are, are right, that it is unconstitutional. And so it seems to me that there may be a divide between where the attorneys for the city and where the elected officials for the city may fall on this issue. We've discussed how Mayor Watson feels pretty confidently that he would like to do something for the downtown eateries to essentially avoid renixing on that promise that was made all those years ago. But Steve Lynn, as you heard, seems to feel pretty strongly that the plaintiffs have a good case in their argument. The 14th Amendment is clear here. And I think what the Institute for Justice is saying is that they applaud the city for what they've done so far. They applaud them for considering that ordinance. But the senior attorney that you quoted there is also saying, however, that he's going to watch the process. And if the city doesn't repeal this ordinance and if they don't do away with the portions of the ordinance that specifically harm food trucks and specifically harm competition in our downtown sector. I think what I think what he's saying is that the city had better lawyer up. And that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank Messenger Inquirer reporter Austin Ramsey for joining me to send us questions or to provide feedback Email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. And remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquire's website, its mobile app, and iTunes, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire.